1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Yo, this is Flip Gordon. C V V. Chris Van This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights.
0: Give me a hell, yeah. Top rope nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to Top Rope Nation episode 118. This is Ryan Drosty of ComicBook.com. I'm here with Kyle Ross. Justin Joint will not be with us this week, but uh, hopefully he will be with us this weekend for Top Rope Nation Extra when we take a look at WWE Hell in a Cell. We'll get to that in just a moment. Of course, we got the Wednesday Night Wars to talk about. They began here this week. But uh, Kyle, how's it going in your neck of the woods? How's your week going? Oh, still getting over that cold that anyone who
1: checked out our uh, Top Rope Classics episode may have heard about. I think the worst has passed. I apologize if I cough during the next hour. I'm
2: going to try my best not to. Nothing a little whiskey can't fix. A little hottie toddy. Yeah. <laughs> I think you sound good, Kyle, and you, you definitely sounded good on that Top Rope Nation Classic. So guys, if you didn't check it out, Tuesday night, myself, Kyle... And Justin got together, recorded another edition of that Patreon exclusive Top Rope Nation Classics podcast. We looked at the first ever WCW Nitro from September of '95. Uh, I guess we thought it fit thematically with this week, with the Monday or the Wednesday night wars, I should say, starting up, and uh, we had a ton of fun looking back at 1995 WCW and what was a hell of a big show at the Mall of America and what that meant for 1990s pro wrestling. So if you want to check it out, if you check out our uh, usual podcast feed wherever podcasts are found—Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TopRopeNation.com—you can hear the first 20 minutes of that show, uh, free of charge. If you want to hear the full show, join our Patreon page. It's at patreon.com slash rope nation. And Kyle, I'm pumped about this because we are giving away free t-shirts again this month to all new members of the Patreon page at the $5 a month tier. That gets you every edition of Top Rope Nation classics, including the one put out just a couple days ago and the whole back catalog. Top Rope Nation Extra, where we review all the WWE and AEW uh, pay-per-view shows, as well as breaking news stories when major ones hit the airwaves, and uh, and you like I said, you get that free T-shirt, a Top Rope Nation T-shirt. Courtesy of Pro Wrestling Tees. We'll send it to you in the mail if you try us out for one month for 5 bucks plus a Top Rope Nation sticker. So you're getting a lot for the $5. Uh, We did this back in June, and uh, every single person except one stayed with us long term. So uh, shout out to all of our current patrons on the page. Many of them did join for the free t-shirt back in June. They liked the Patreon page and the bonus content so much. They stuck with us. So uh, always appreciative of those guys. I'll just throw the shout out right now. Derek, Kyle, Tim, Forrest, Sean, Gabe, Carlo, Liam, and Ryan. Those are our current patrons. Join the club, guys. It's a lot of fun. If you like the standard edition of the show, you will love Top Rope Nation Classics and Top Rope Nation Extra. You, what did you think about the show the other night, Kyle? I thought it went well. After we were done, I think I texted you guys and it was like, that was a good show. And I never do that usually. Yeah. So. <laughs> it must true. have been good. I, I hope it was. it was. It was when I went through and edited it. It was uh, really good. Added some good uh, effects, some good music and stuff to it. it. It's a lot of fun. We love talking classic wrestling. And uh, so it's a good deal. Uh, definitely check it out at patreon.com slash top rope nation. Uh, in the meantime, if you guys. By the way, most
1: comfortable shirt in the business.
2: It's true. We, we go rope soft nation style. Shirt. We go soft yes. style. You're getting the uh, the high the high premium quality t-shirt. We're not going with the scratchy Gildan t-shirt. No, no. This is the, I think it's the Bella Canvas soft style Top Rope Nation podcast t-shirt for five bucks along with all that bonus content. So we would love fuck to you, have Blake your support. Shelton. What's that? I said, fuck you, Blake Shelton and Gilden. <laughs> That's right. We don't like Gilden. We like the real quality stuff. By um, the way, did you see
1: WWE actually came out with two good t-shirts in one week? At least t-shirts that drew... Oh, I would wear that from my timeline.
2: I haven't. You know, I used to check the shop all the time, WW shop, and they've put out such crappy stuff recently. I haven't checked it in quite a long time. What were the they? Ray
1: Wyatt and the new Finn Balor t shirt were uh, both drawing praise. Okay. Shirt
2: crowd. I will check it out. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've spent a lot of money on WWE Shop over the years, but uh, lately, it's been a while since I have placed an order, so I will check it out. Um, I was actually, by the way, speaking of pro wrestling tees, this past weekend, actually it was Monday afternoon, I was in the pro wrestling tees brick and mortar shop in Chicago where Ooh. they print our t-shirts. Uh, pretty cool. If you're ever in Chicago, check it out. I was I was there over the weekend for the Bears and Vikings game. Go Bears. Good, good performance out of my team there, and uh, on the way out of town, it's like I'm here. I might as well stop and check it out. So, went in there, uh, saw what they wanted to check out, what they had for sale. Uh, pretty much all their AEW stuff was incredibly low stock, uh, but they had some good stuff. I did pick up a couple of things, and uh, always enjoy those guys. And they print some high quality T-shirts for us. So, shout out to Pro Wrestling Tees. Thanks. Yeah. So, guys, if you're listening on any of the podcasting services I mentioned ago, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever podcasts are found, if you can review us, subscribe, follow us, whatever it takes, We would love to have your support, even if you check us out every week. If you're not subscribing, please do so because it helps us out. The more subscribers we get, the higher we rank in their search algorithm gets us out to new listeners, and I also wanted to issue a challenge this week. So for all of you that enjoy the show, and I know you're out there because I see the download stats each and every month, and uh, we're doing pretty well, but we'd like to do even better. So if you like the show give us a recommendation. This is the easiest way that we can have our podcast grow. It's recommendations through fans like you. I think really that's how people are finding podcasts these days versus just Googling. So if you tell a fellow wrestling fan in your life about this Top Rope Nation podcast, they've been going since 2016. Great content. We would greatly appreciate it. Every single person recommended it this week to one or two people it would get us in front of a lot of new ears a lot of new listeners we got some great content uh, planned over the next couple of months and we would just greatly appreciate your support in that regard and uh leave us a review on apple podcast while you're at it we'll read it on the air so uh thank you for your support as always and uh kyle i think with that said it's time to get to in the news i believe it is All right, so in the news this week, uh, we've got a few things to talk about. As I said, it's a pretty newsworthy week, and I think right away we should probably just jump into the AEW NXT ratings report. It dropped this afternoon as we record on Thursday evening. Uh, AEW did better than I think most people were expecting. How surprised were you, Kyle, when you saw AEW defeated NXT? AEW drew 1.409 million viewers. On Wednesday night on TNT to NXT's uh what was theirs? eight hundred and ninety one thousand viewers on the USA network. Your initial thoughts, Kyle?
1: That they won was not surprising. The margin was surprising. And the margin in the 18 to 49 demo was eye-opening.
2: Yes. Absolutely. They uh more than doubled nxt in the 18 to 49 demographic and uh, almost tripled them in the 18 to 34 demographic we've talked about that before
1: w is it 15 to 25 or would you go 15 to
2: 30 for wwe's weak spot the skipped generation as we call it yes man i'd say probably up to 30 now at this point well let's see i'm 35 mm, i think that yeah, that might be too much i think 25 maybe Okay. To that's
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely 15 to twenty-five. Their week, you you just don't see anyone really in that age in their crowds. Yeah. And but <clears throat> I thought you could definitely. I thought you could maybe even crank it up to thirty. Quite frankly.
2: I'm thinking if you're born, if you're thirty, you're born in '89. So I mean, you would have been ten, eleven. <laughs> yeah. At the last I'll, I'll tell you what. Th-
1: these numbers really kind of verified what Meltzer had been saying that there are um, a lot of people who just watch AEW. The, yeah. the, the, the cross like, you know, I think that a lot of people were just about, hey, there's this crossover or, like lapsed. In. But, you know, I think there's just a lot of people here to watch AEW. And, um you know, if AEW had lost, that would have been bad mm-hmm. from their perspective. Uh, we'll talk about this when we break down the individual shows. There is very much an intangible excitement surrounding that show. People want it to do well. I think a lot of that stems from the WWE putting out a subpar product for the better part of two decades. I mean, think about it. We did last month our Classics episode on Backlash 2002. And we were talking about how the booking decline had already set in by that. Mm -hmm. I mean, has WWE been a consistently well-booked product since 2002? No. No, it hasn't. (laughs) I mean, think about it. 2002. Ryan Droste, educator of America's youth. Speaking of that, the, you know, ages 15
2: to, well, I guess you're even 20 year olds in your class, but never mind. The point still stands. Educator well, I, I've taught of- some 20 year olds, though. I've been oh. teaching a while. So,
1: okay. There you go. Um, That's 17 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think people wanted the product to good. There's a real intangible excitement. And, with NXT, you know, people have been looking me at, at me cross-eyed saying this now for a while. Their creative has not been good for going on 15 months.
2: They and, ha- that is true. They've been getting by just on the match quality.
1: Yes, because, you know, I, I've talked to people internally who will tell you, you know, booking NXT is not hard and is not really a challenge. In the sense that you basically just have to get to a takeover. Where you know the matches will be good. You don't really have to do anything remarkably creative. And and where what has been the last remarkably creative thing you've seen on NXT television? Mm. You know, we all fought over takeovers because it's easy. It's just like, okay, yeah, you know, and a lot of people don't watch the weekly television. Yeah. So I think this was kind of being swept under the rug, or it was the fact that, you know, people just bitch about the main roster booking enough that they don't have any more bitching to do with NXT, but I'm telling you, man, for the last 15 months, NXT booking has not been inspiring. You look at this Johnny Gargano. I don't mean to stick the knife in you one more time, Ryan, but I'm going to bring it up. I was in the crowd in New Orleans. <laughs> I knew that's where this was going. <laughs> I was in that. theater. That audience was willing to walk through a wall to see this man win the NXT championship. And I brought it up. When we reviewed that show at the time, you could check the archives. I said, Man, it's sure odd that you have this guy who the crowd wants to see as the champion, and you just put another you put the title on a different baby face. And sure enough, that became an issue where they, you know, they did that fall heel turn, and then he does win the title, but it's a cup of coffee, and now what's he doing? Yeah. And, and that's just one thing. I mean, there just haven't been any great feuds really in NXT. I know the Ciampa injury you know, earlier in the year played a significant role, but look at the undisputed era. You like teased a breakup only for them to be at their strongest point now where they have all their titles. Mm -hmm. And I bring all this up because our good friend, Liam uh, (laughs) O'Rourke tweeted something today when, you know, he kind of took umbrage with the WWE's, oh, it's a marathon, not a sprint line and how fresh that was to him in the sense that WWE very much treated last night like a sprint.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That card was stacked. And we're going to get into that in the next segment. Yeah, it
1: was stacked. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're going to do some crossover here. It was stacked. They had had three title matches. Okay. But was anything really a culmination of a long storyline last night? No. No, it wasn't. There was nothing that was like, oh, you know, you've watched this play out. Now we're going to, you know, do the blow-off or, or have this big build to this big match on this show. No, it was just, we've got a really talented roster. We're going to put together some matches. Mm-hmm. And they did. And I actually thought, the well, again, we'll get to it later. I thought the wrestling on NXT was, uh, was better than AEW. But in regards to the marathon, not a sprint, and so this is my final point, and I'll kick it back to you, is... It's really just not about winning this one week. It's about three weeks from now, three months from now. Who has this thing planned out? Who knows where they're going? Uh, One criticism I'll have of both shows is they neither did a really particularly good job hyping next week. But AEW did do a fairly okay job, and they needed to because that full gear pay-per-view is coming up before you know it. At hyping what the main event was going to be for the show and I just think that that promotion kind of maybe being more dialed into its long-term vision is going to be huge moving forward Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I, I would say AEW did a slightly better job I mean they were mentioned the tag team title tournament starting um that was a big deal but yeah I I agree and One of the interesting things to see will be how NXT's audience holds up, because when you look at what they have done the last three weeks, they started out with 1.179 million two weeks ago. Then last week, they were just barely over a million, so they dropped over 150,000 viewers. Um, And then this week, they dropped down over 100,000 again, so they essentially lost over 10% of their audience this week. So, how much of that is due to AEW? How much of that is just the WWE crowd tuning out? Because we already saw the numbers dropping before AEW even debuted. Um, but I would imagine AEW probably did some curiosity views for sure. I mean, it has been pumped on the Turner networks a little bit. They've advertised mm-hmm. well on social media. But <laughs> I, AEW I feel... Resting is coming up. Did you see that, by the way? No, I didn't see that.
1: Uh, what was that horrible movie? I was texting you about that was on before AEW oh, last night. Uh, suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith, how does he keep getting work? Good God. Uh, but in, in the bottom <laughs> corner, it said, coming up next, AEW resting. Oh, no.
2: That they, they were missing the L. <laughs> Come on, guys. Adobe yeah. Premiere has to have spell check, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> whatever they were using. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see how AEW holds up, too. But I feel like their base is probably maybe a little more... Hardcore about watching the show versus NXT had some you know main roster typical viewers tuning in out of curiosity that maybe dropped off the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I thought there was a couple points to hammer home. We'll get to that in the next segment when we just look kind of deep dive more so at the two shows. But uh, I, I think there's some things NXT is definitely gonna have to change moving forward but uh i i did expect aew to win the ratings but not by as much as they did so that that was pretty eye-opening and like you said kyle uh the demographic numbers were incredibly eye-opening so aew hit out of the park this week
1: yeah and before we go and start pronouncing the world wrestling federation is now the number two promotion (laughs) in the united states of america let's not forget friday is a very big show for them it's actually a bigger show yeah um Than the Wednesday night war, if that rating is bad, then we do need to have a conversation about the state of that promotion Mm -hmm. and where they're at right now. And if, you know, 17, 18 years of subpar booking has really come home to roost. Yeah. You you know, I was thinking about something like you. You know, I, I look on YouTube all the time. I check out random clips. I cannot even remember. What it was I was watching earlier this week, it it was something very – it was a promo. It was like – it was just a random house show promo from the 80s somebody was doing. And in the comments, like the first comment was, so much better than WWF today. And don't you always see that comment? Mm Mm-hmm like on anything on YouTube it could be like a freaking bushwhackers promo from 1990 <laughs> and somebody one of the first comments you're going to read is this is so much better than WWE today and like i think there's something to that where you know the WWE brand name obviously carries a lot in the corporate world but i think for those who have followed the product they there is just this
2: huge want for an alternative not just to be there but
1: to succeed
2: Yeah. I mean, we talked about this in the last few weeks about how many people there were that used to watch wrestling that just tuned out entirely when WCW went out of business. Or watch the indies here and there. Yeah. Garrett Kinney had this tremendous tweet. You know, Cody has been talking
1: about, you know, bringing back the lapsed fan. And everyone just assumes that's like, you know, all these people from the attitude era who've stopped watching. Well, he pointed out, you know, there's been like a siphoning off of like 2 million viewers in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And that's honestly who AEW is probably targeting. Yeah. Not just like attitude here, because I mean, let's be honest with you. I mean, if you haven't been watching wrestling for 20 years, are you really going to like, what are the chances you're going to get a
2: substantial amount of
1: that crowd back?
2: Yeah, I remember covering the ratings for back when we were running (laughs) Top Rope Press, the website. And uh, I would always, every single week, I'd hit the ratings right when they dropped. And Raw, you know, at the time was like four to five million. And I remember thinking like when they dropped into the three millions, oh my god, I never thought this would happen. And then now, you know, you're hitting the two millions. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, in just the last few years, thinking about that is, is pretty crazy. So, that yeah, there's definitely some recent fans that they yeah. can reach that have been really disgruntled in the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I mean, the, the audience is
1: basically, what, half of what it was for the halcyon days of John Cena versus Randy Orton every yeah. month?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hello. Hello. <laughs>
2: So we'll be following that closely in the weeks ahead and how AEW holds up, but they got to feel pretty good about drawing at 1.4 million viewers on Wednesday night. And then they did the replay afterwards and the replay got a few more hundred thousand. So I think overall about 1.8 million people watched it. So pretty good night for AEW. And I thought, I thought the replay starting right up afterwards was a, was a great move too. We know they used to do that with nitro back in the day on TNT. So we saw that happen as well. Um, We'll we'll get to the surprises here when we look closer here in the next segment about NXT and AEW, but one surprise we did not get, no CM Punk. If you're looking for CM Punk to show up on AEW, which I think at this point probably people weren't expecting that to happen due to his reported tryout with WWE and their uh, FS1 show, which launches, I believe, next month. And uh, unless you thought he was just trying to throw people off the scent or whatever and really shock everybody. But uh, reports are kind of circulating that he, he may be headed back to WWE or at least to Fox for that studio show. I guess technically he would be employed by Fox. Uh, yes. So he could claim to not be working for WWE, but he would be talking about the WWE product. He had the uh, screen test. Renee Young was there last week for that. Um, they brought in some other um, older wrestling stars as well. To kind of audition, but uh, we don't we don't have official word that he's received a deal yet. But it's looking like fairly likely he may be on that show. Uh, if he is, it would seem as though eventually you would see him back in the ring. I, I don't want to hype that up too much, yeah. but like if he gets back around the WWE product, people will start talking. Eventually, the offer is going to be made. He can make some serious money. I mean, you would think it would kind of open the door to that happening. Um, I know Triple H was asked recently about Punk coming back, you know, and actually wrestling, and he said never say never. So WWE is always interested in doing what's best for business, and if they think that Punk returning can spike business, they'll certainly do it. I mean, look at some of the names they've brought back in the last several years. Uh, Kyle, what do you think of the prospect of CM Punk doing a studio show on FS1? Well, he made it clear in this
1: interview he did with, like, what was it, Collider or Mm -hmm. something was the podcast? That, look, if he sees something that's bad, he's going to say it's bad. And when UFC had a show like this, we we know there was a situation with uh, Ariel Hawani where they did not like his criticism, the the promotion, UFC did not like his criticism of the product. And he wound up getting uh, moved off that show unceremoniously. So that's something that, you know, I don't know, needs to be molded, I guess, by Fox as a partner of WWE. Um, I agree if he is brought in, that would be one step closer to him returning as an active wrestler. Although Meltzer, I guess, downplayed that, uh, the wrestling side in The Observer this week, which I have not yet fully read. So that'll be interesting.
2: Yeah. Some of the other names were Paige, X-Pac, Taz, and Rey Mysterio that reportedly auditioned for a role in the show. So I think the thing that could help with CM Punk on this show is that if we're honest, nobody really watches these kind of studio shows. And WWE is, has done them on the network. Uh, they do like the This Week in WWE or whatever. And it's not something that people watch too much. But if you get a name like CM Punk on there, like people are going to go out of their way to see it to see what he has to say, to see him around the WWE product again. And when you, when you look at some of these other names that they brought in, none of those people are going to draw in that kind of interest. So if they want to get people talking about this new show and actually pop some ratings for it, punk is a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine
1: me making a regular point to watch it. If CM Punk's not on it. Right.
2: So it seems like the odds are good. Nothing confirmed, but we'll see what happens. Uh, let's look ahead, Kyle. We we're not doing um, a Hell in a Cell like full preview show like we normally do this week. As well, just-
1: there's only three matches, so yeah. it would be quite a short show. And <laughs> by the way, I don't know about you. I'm like praying that they don't like give us like a deluge of matches on Saturday. Yeah. If they work, I you know it's funny because I mean obviously they sold tickets and they want to give the people their money's worth, but like to me this should be like laid out like a takeover almost where it's just five matches all have some sort of importance. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know what other two matches you could have of importance. Maybe Rusev and Lashley now based off what we saw Monday, but you know, they just have five matches. Everything gets time.
2: It's three hours. We're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are going to be kind of burned out. This has been just such a crazy week. <laughs> Who can
1: Imagine. I mean, you know, pay-per-view in 2000 that word those three words in 2019 do not mean what they did 20 years ago obviously but who could have ever imagined a quote-unquote pay-per-view you know a a wwe network event as it's now called would be at best the fourth most important wrestling show of the week Mm -hmm. probably fifth i mean it's either i mean if it's if it's not the least important it's the second least important. It depends. on Raw, they hyped it as, quote, the season premiere, mm-hmm. whatever that means. I don't remember the season finale. I must have missed that. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's like an afterthought. And again, Hell in a Cell. Afterthought. Remember what we talked about on the show last week? Yep. There it is. The such cheapening a, of
2: the Hell in a Cell.
1: Such a waste to do it. Can you imagine if – you? I mean, then again, if they didn't have a, any of these matches – be a cell match you
2: know god help the show but uh, yeah. well the, still the unbelievable th- stuff yeah the three matches we have let's just go right to the uh the title matches which are the ones they've hyped for the longest time which is rollins against wyatt hell in a cell match universal title becky against sasha a hell in a cell match raw women's title just rapid fire here who do we think is going to win uh do we think both titles are going to change hands I am going to go with both titles changing hands. I don't see how you can beat Wyatt right now and not have him win the title. Um, I think, I don't even think they should do any kind of screwball finish. I think he just needs to win the title. He's the hottest thing in WWE right now. I mean, maybe the hottest character in all of wrestling, an argument can be made. And uh, with Becky and Sasha, I think it's time. I think Sasha needs the belts. You got to switch it up. And uh, you know, Sasha has definitely ignited some excitement in the women's division since returning. So I would definitely change both titles and uh I just think it makes sense so I am going to predict both titles change you Kyle yes uh I don't think
1: Seth and Bray needed to be a hell in a cell no at all um I really don't I again I I don't like multiple cell matches on the same show especially a show that might only have like we said five or six matches yeah Uh, I think Bray needs to win decisively I'm with you there I I if this was like a five-minute
2: squash, would anyone be upset? Furthermore, wouldn't a lot of people be happy? <laughs> well, they'd probably make the show about two hours long, so they'd probably be happy maybe. I don't know, compared to
0: the so, four-hour you know, pay-per-views. I mean, well,
1: like,
2: God, the booking of Seth has
1: been a, a, like – look, Bray should – no matter how they book Seth, Bray should win this. Mm-hmm. But God, oh, like just him cowering in fear all the time has done him no favors whatsoever. And I'm with you on the women too. Um, hopefully that's a good match. You know, yeah. I feel that they've, they've done a good job building that. Um, if you remember back a couple of years, I don't remember Sasha and Charlotte being particularly good. I, I remember the crowd that show was in Boston, you know, Sasha's hometown. I think the crowd crapped on the finish pretty bad when she lost. So hopefully they can have a good one here. Um, in terms of match quality out of the three, I mean, that's the only one that really brings it.
2: Yeah. The other match, speaking of the three, is the Brian and Reigns tag team, the new form tag team, uh taking on Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Now th- this would just seem ripe for Brian turning on Reigns. I mean, we've already seen the hints for Reigns kind of wondering what's going on with Brian. And uh we would think long term we're still working towards the Brian reigns match. Uh it seemed like they're turning Brian face a little bit in recent weeks but to me it just reeks of of the double cross what do you think kyle
1: yeah although you have to be careful you don't want to make well it's not like they've done a great job booking roman reigns through the years but you don't want to make your top baby faces look like idiots mm-hmm. but yes oh, I could, it'd be three on i could, one, see, so daniel, I I could right. see daniel bryan playing the rick flair to roman reigns's sting for
2: certain yeah yeah so that's all in a cell we can't talk about anything else because nothing well, else has been revealed
1: well, what about SmackDown, this Brock Kofi deal? Because I, you know, that's a domino. Will, will there even be a WWE title match on Hell in a Cell? Obviously, they had to hold it off announcing one because of this. Uh, do we see a title changing hands there? Friday night.
2: I've been going back and forth on this so much because they might want to make headlines for show on Fox. I really don't want to see it happen, though. I. When Kofi finally loses the title, I don't want it to be to Brock Lesnar. So I'm just going to say no.
1: Okay, so I was kind of worried about this because I just think there's two parts to the equation here. Let's talk about the Brock part. I I don't want to see him as champion. But I'm thinking in my mind, well, how are they going to get out of it if he doesn't win? Monday night, I think, provides the blueprint for the out with him attacking Rey Mysterio like that because at first I was like, oh, here we go, WWE again. You know, they promise something and they're going to do a bait and switch mm. where Rey's not going to get the title shot. But that does open the door for Ray and or Dominic to get involved here and cost Brock the title. Uh, if you believe Meltzer, this could be the start um, to a Brock-Cain Velasquez match because, you know, I guess all Hispanics are friends and the guys of Vince McMahon, so Kane would be Rey's friend. <laughs> uh, so th- they have... The, the built-in out with Ray, I think, based on what happened Monday. Let's talk about Kofi, because I think this is interesting how he's presented. You know, a lot of people are going to be, oh, this is the champion. You know, any of those new casual viewers, oh, this is the top guy. Is he going to come off like a top guy in this scenario? If someone cost Brock the match? Well, not even that. Like, I just think in terms of, like, general presentation – like, is he going to be seen slash present, like, or is it, like, you would hate to see, like, even if Ray doesn't interfere, you would hate to see Kofi just, like, get his ass kicked, mm-hmm. but somehow retain like, in a banana peel type deal, or, you know, he gets his ass kicked the whole time, and then Ray comes out and for a DQ, when mm-hmm. Kofi doesn't look like a star at all. I think it's really, we're going to talk about someone on the AEW show who was given a position and I thought hit a home run last night Kofi cannot as the champion assuming he stays the champion cannot come across as an afterthought I think that's really important Friday night
2: yeah no I think I think they'll, they'll give him some offense and I think the blueprint is to look at Rollins and Rollins always got a good amount of offense in, and on Brock and his two big matches obviously this year with coming out with victories. so yeah. even yeah.
1: going in though even going into the match like is is he gonna like have the allure of oh this is the champion?
2: I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. With
1: casual viewer, I guess I mean you know. So okay, I think it's something
2: to be monitored. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, that brings us to the topic of the week. The Wednesday Night Wars, again, kicked off this week. We wanted to just kind of judge the shows. We're not going to break down match by match, segment by segment, or anything like that. We wanted to hit the highlights, though, and kind of make a judgment call, in our opinion, on who won the week, NXT or AEW. And uh, Kyle, do you want to go first, or should I go first?
1: I can go real quick.
2: Um, I am not going,
1: because perhaps... You will have a hotter take than this. I am not declaring a winner. Obviously, from a ratings perspective, we know AEW won. In terms of my enjoyment and perceived quality of the shows, uh, I thought it was pretty even. Both were very good. I did not think there were any bad matches or even segments. You had a hot crowd for each, and it was, most importantly, the most fun I've had watching wrestling in a long time. I had AEW on TV. I had NXT on the laptop. And a big question I have is you know, as we're, so many of us are trying to consume two shows at once, is micro analysis going to die? And what I mean by that is, you know, us in the podcasting community, we break these weekly shows down. Well, when it's WWE and you're breaking down one show, you know, you're getting ready for your podcast and you can just nitpick the thing to death. And a lot of times deservedly so. But to me, in this kind of environment, it's more about you know, the good shines through, Mm -hmm. you know, we're really going to find out, you know, who the movers are in this industry when you've got this back and forth. It's not going to be about all this person. They could have done this better. It's what are people gravitating towards and why I think is going to be the analysis moving forward. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was it was really refreshing to have this kind of excitement and to go back to the old days of channel flipping. Uh, did you watch both of them simultaneously? Yes, yes, yes. I had yeah, I had
1: NXT on the laptop, like I said. So I had for the majority of the time the sound off on NXT, which anyone who listens to the show knows was no problem for me.
2: <laughs> Explain
1: <laughs> moral sticks.
2: Yeah, I, I know.
1: I loved this quote from Melzer and the Observer. Well, oh, I didn't have it up. Moro makes a big ma- a big match feel great, but his style can be polarizing. Yeah, that's a mild way of putting it.
2: <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, I didn't watch them simultaneously. I do plan to do that moving forward, but I kind of got called into duty this week. Um, my buddy Connor Casey over at Comic Book actually attended the NXT. Uh, show and he's going to be our AEW Wednesday night coverage guy. Uh, so obviously he couldn't cover the show this week, so I did it. And so since I was covering AEW over in Comic Book, couldn't watch, couldn't really watch NXT. I'd be doing three things at once. So I watched AEW live and then I watched NXT afterwards. And uh, I didn't even feel burned out by wrestling, which is amazing with all that content on Wednesday no. night. It's just so much. It's just so much more exciting and just a refreshing feel taking those shows in it's a quick two hours. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, two hours is always 120 minutes, but if you know, you're having a blast, what you're watching, it's, it's good. You know, I try to, you know, cause of my job, um, you know, I'm consuming multiple football games at once on Sundays. And although I'm sitting in my basement for like six hours, it doesn't feel like six hours. Mm. Um, you know, and a lot of times like raw, it's just like by time, like, you know, the show's not even over. And you're like, Jesus Christ. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> This was like I, I was like staying up afterwards thinking about it, yeah, you know, and it was just like, oh god, did I miss, you know,
2: it, it was it, it was great. It yeah. took me back to high school, well, you know, like I said, Monday Night Wars. I already can't wait for next week. No lie, I'm mm-hmm. uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So, and, and both, and here's the key: both shows were actually good. Yeah. Yes, we know what it's been established that
1: one got a really good rating, but both shows were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, NXT, I thought, was slightly better in ring but like I said earlier uh AEW had kind of that intangible excitement about it um that made it feel real special yeah
2: yeah I I agree with that I in trying to pick a winner of the week as far as like the show quality goes I looked at it from a couple different directions um I felt like the show I enjoyed just watching as a fan the most was AEW just because it was more fresh? You know, I've been anticipating this for months. It's something new. It's a brand new company, on national television, like a, a real national television network, not the ones that nobody watches. You know, TNT, uh, and TNT having wrestling on it for the first time in uh, what over eighteen years. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just super exciting. I enjoyed watching that one more. But if I put on the critic hat, I would also say that NXT was just a little bit better. Um, And I base that on a few different things. I think uh, easily NXT had the best match of the night. Adam Cole, Matt Riddle, the first match of the show, was a freaking outstanding match. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. Great, great stuff. Riddle's best match in WWE NXT, easily, at this Mm -hmm. point. And uh, so if I look at the show that had the best match nxt they went on that account although i did did really like the cody sammy match which was also the first match On uh, and by AEW. the way somebody commented man either wwe was
1: had somebody watching aew or they like knew the format sheet
2: because those first those matches ended like bang bang mm-hmm. i think justin noted that in our text there maybe if I'm remembering correctly. Or maybe it was you. I can't remember. Some yeah, I think
1: it. I think it was me. No, because it was funny. Yeah, because I was, I was the one watching both. It was funny. Cody got the pin. And then, like, it won 10 seconds later that that Cole Riddle match
2: ended. Yeah. Both matches were awesome. I thought Cody came off like a star. Uh, Sammy Guevara came off really good as well. <laughs> uh, I really, really enjoyed that match quite a lot. But uh, Cole Riddle was just a little bit better. Uh, but overall, man, both both shows had some awesome in-ring content. And the ones that stand out, Io Shirai, we've talked about her a lot on this program. She is just freaking amazing as a heel. Her match with Mia Yim. Yes, she is. <laughs> Kyle was a big fan. Kevin Nash um, was looking at her like I would, I think, in the front row. Oh. <laughs> My hat's off to Kevin Nash. Um. But that was a good match. And, you know, I was pretty rough on Mia Yim after that takeover match she had. And uh, she's... That was her best per- performance, too. Oh, yeah. She she rejuvenated herself here. This was, a, this was a really good match. I thought the AEW women's title match with Nyla Rose and Rio was also really good. Although an odd, odd thing happened in that match. How they did the really big spot where Nyla hit... Um, was it the leg drop? Or knee drop, knee drop. off the top rope? During and the they were commercial. during a commercial. That was... But they did the split screen, but still, that was an odd decision. But the match the match was really good. Uh, I thought Paige and Pac, Pac, Pac <laughs> was good. Uh, Shana, Candice, Undisputed Era, Street Profits. I mean, there was just a ton of good wrestling on Wednesday night from both shows. But I had to give the nod to NXT because of that Cole Riddle match, best match of the night. And then in the surprise department, uh, easily NXT won this Uh the debut of, J- of jack swagger jake hager and AEW. they did keep that under wraps for the most part there were some reports out earlier in the day that it was going to be happening but uh i think there was legitimate shock among the fans but it doesn't it hold got a up. big reaction in the building yeah it absolutely did but it'll be interesting to see if if Swagger Hager, whatever you want to call him, if he can you know keep the momentum, because it's not like he was an underutilized WWE guy. I mean, he had some big pushes and he never really caught on too much. I just, to me, he's never been much of a star, so I didn't pop much for it. But the crowd, the crowd liked it. But that debut, I mean, it was no Lex Luger. They did We the People, (laughs) yeah, with them, which is. His own, not my favorite thing. Yeah, him as a person is a whole different story. And I got to say, well, not a fan of a lot of his takes on stuff. No, social media. but,
1: you know, we look past, you know, people look past it if they like the guy as a wrestler. So that's, you yeah. know, but, that only becomes an issue. That only becomes amplified as an issue if people don't like him as a wrestler. You know, I mean, AJ Styles knee slapping along to Kid Rock's, you know, Democrat, this is at the Hall of Fame wasn't exactly my favorite thing either. But, you know, we all like AJ, so we don't remember
2: that. Yeah, but AJ, great wrestler Jack Swagger, I just I don't know. We don't we don't want to like every WWE outcast to be like automatically a big star in this company and he should get a push. I mean, he's had the success in MMA and everything with Bellator recently, but I just don't know that he he hangs on long term as a top guy. We we shall see. He never did in WWE to, despite being given all kinds of advantages. But I I just didn't feel like In the surprise department, yes, the live cry was surprise, but Finn Balor showing up to NXT. Ciampa coming out at the end. I mean, Jack Swagger. I'm sorry, man. You hold no candle to those two. So NXT easily won in the surprise department too. So if I look at it there, surprises, best match of the night, I gotta give it to NXT. But both shows were really good. You should definitely go out of your way to watch both of them if you have not seen them both. And, uh... I mean, like I said, I think I did actually enjoy watching AEW just as a fan a little more because, you know, the freshness factor and everything. But NXT show quality, I would I would have to give it to them.
1: Wow, that was one broad stroke hit me with there. Uh, where do I begin? <laughs> you didn't even mention maybe my favorite. Top item I wanted to praise AEW for. Well,
2: that's my rationale in picking a winner. So oh, okay. uh, I, I know what you're probably going to, and that's the announcing, right? Because this was easily yeah. their best announced crew yes. they put together. it was
1: not close. And if you thought that the answer to a company's announcing woes in 2019 was bringing in Tony Schiavone, please raise your hand. Uh, I don't see a lot of hands right now. And Wow! Wow, what a difference one guy makes. Tony Schiavone was tremendous on this broadcast. I mean, we, it was the all-out review, were really, really critical, and I believe deservedly so, of AEW's announcing, particularly Jim Ross, who I thought at times didn't even want It sound like he didn't even want to be there. Tony just, like, Excalibur's been good the whole time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought Tony brought, you know, and for those who had listened to him in MLW, there there was kind of this groundswell on Twitter that had been building for. Him. It's like, you know, Tony Schiavone pretty damn good on MLW, and I don't know if that's a product that maybe he was underrated. We we just you know for whatever reason just didn't like him twenty twenty five years ago, or if just announced that there's been a, such a severe decline in announcing in the modern era that Tony. Just comes off as such a pro and thereby so much better. But Jim Ross was far more tolerable mm-hmm. on this broadcast. Um, you know, I think Tony kind of made him up his game. Cause I don't know if you caught early. Tony was spewing some facts. And yeah. JR JR kind of was like almost felt like he was trying to compete. Did you catch, you know, because Tony referenced Pillman Liger.
2: Yeah, and Jr. got the year wrong when he came back. Yes, he did Super Bowl. Yeah, he said like ninety or ninety. He's like, oh yeah, he's like, you know, we did, and he was kind of confused too. He's like, oh yeah, we did when like he was still talking
1: about W. Like both guys were talking about WCW, but you know, and and I think Jr. kind of was like, all right, you know, somebody else might kind of have (laughs) their, you know, I'm not the I'm not the only guy bringing Laps fans back to the you know days of your here. I got to up my game. So yeah, overall. By far, it was the best uh, performance from the announced team in AEW. And I give all the credit to Tony Schiavone. My hat's off to you, Tony. I apologize for all the times I made fun of you in 1998 for saying (laughs) this is the biggest night in the history of our sport.
2: (laughs) I was screaming in my living room when they mentioned Pillman Liger and they mentioned the Nitro match and the Super Bowl match. I was thinking... Damn, it, we have reviewed both of those on Top Rope Nation yeah. Classics. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, check it out in the archives, on Patreon, guys. But uh yeah, no, Tony Schiavone is the glue guy. He 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 held it all together and he was exactly what they needed. And yeah, it was it was night and day. JR was better with him there and it just flowed so much nice so much nicer than it did in the past.
1: Yeah. So, I thought that was a, a big positive from AEW the first week. All right. With Jake Hager debuting, I was never a fan either. I never saw it. I'll take it a step further. When he cashed in the money in the bank in 2010, I remember watching that and saying, this has to be the worst world champion in WWE history. (laughs) I'm not even trying to be a dick about it. I, I just like, I was like, wow, really? And I'll be honest with you, I don't even remember how he lost the title.
2: Now the whole run is pretty forgettable.
1: I mean, even as you know, the notion of a world champion has been watered down, and admittedly, that was kind of you know in that real low. They did not need two world titles during that period at all because SmackDown just you know was not on par with Raw. Mm. I thought they honestly by two thousand nine could have could have. Unified the title, something it took him to 2013 to do a late 2013 December 2013 at that. But I mean, can you remember kind of like a weaker world champion in wrestler than Jack Swagger? No. <laughs> it's uh. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'm trying to like think of a name, and I'm struggling. I, I thought of this before showing and, and, uh, if somebody has one, please write us in and let us know that you, if you think I just thought he was and it it hurt because he's just like one and done and he kind of was shunted down to the mid card until he got in the real Americans gimmick. But he's not a good promo. Um, Now, one thing is he's going to look like a beast in AEW next to some of these guys. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude, mm-hmm. so he's going to have that work for him. They need big guys. Um, he did get, the, let's go to the positive, he did get that big reaction from yep. the live audience. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I liked the closing angle quite a bit with, you know, uh, it, it was very Nitro-esque in a way, where you'd have a heel run out to, you know, give the heel side the odds, then a baby face would run out to even them, then another heel. I like that a lot. You don't see that enough anymore. You yeah. know, WWE. We talk about this. No babyfaces want to help a, a fellow babyface anymore. This was just something that always happened. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think back to the you know eighties and nineties, a, a babyface was always bailed out by his fellow babyfaces, or like you know had a friend. And somewhere along the lines, that just stopped happening in WWE. And to the point where it's very noticeable. Um, it looks like we've got a top heel faction here. With Jericho Hager, uh, the former LAX, and Sammy Guevara, who I also need to praise. He was the person I alluded to earlier who I thought hit an absolute home run with the opportunity he was given. He was someone going into the show that I didn't know how I felt about him. You know, he had drawn some praise for previous efforts, but I thought he hit it out of the park. Yeah. You know, he, he just, it, it felt like he was getting progressively more heelish as the show went on. You know, it started in the match. He pulls Brandy in front. And then, you know, he kind of opens the door for Jericho to attack Cody after the match. And then he comes out afterwards. And by the end, I'm like, this guy's a good heel. Mm-hmm. This guy's giving off good heel charisma. So a tip of the cap uh, goes to him. Uh, I, I thought he did an outstanding job. I think in terms of an in-ring performer who elevated his uh you know, who elevated his worth, I guess, in my eyes. He's number one for me.
2: Yeah, hard to argue with that.
1: Uh, with Rio becoming the first women's champion, you know, you would kind of mentioned this. Match started out a little dicey, but yeah, when they hit that knee drop spot, ironically, during a commercial break, it really picked up. And uh, it was going on simultaneously as the NXT women's title match. And uh, I thought it was good. I was into it and the crowd was into it. Mm-hmm. Bruce Mitchell had a bizarre tweet. I don't know if you follow Bruce. I do follow him. Yes. Okay. Did you see this bizarre tweet he had last night?
2: During that match?
1: Uh, After it was over, it was in regards to Nyla Rose.
2: Uh, No, I don't think I did not see that one. I I don't want his photo right now, though. Okay, it should be one of. Well, I don't know how he tweets a lot, so. Yeah. Hold (laughs) on. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Oh yes,
1: because. Oops, I didn't click on
2: his thing. I clicked clicked on his mentions and I coughed. Sorry about that. Okay, I found it. Okay. He said, this is not about whether this got over as a pro wrestling match. It clearly did. I say this with respect, but there's something cowardly in how AEW presents Nyla Rose. It's not a discussion for Twitter, but I wanted to be on the record. Respond with respect if you must. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. Yeah.
1: What does he mean by that?
2: I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Is he? The only thing I can think of is that, like, does he think that they're going to go, because she's trans, they're going to use that to make her a heel?
2: Maybe. Did you see the Nyla Rose uh, interview she did with the media scrum afterwards? She was very, very heelish in that.
1: Okay, I mean, it's... I'm not saying she can't be a heel, but that's the one thing I could kind of gather. Like, I, I didn't really know where to take that. Yeah. That they're going to use, they're going to play off. Cause if, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say on my feed I don't see any tw- on my time. I see nothing of that. sort. if I saw someone tweet something anti, I'm just going to, you know, I, if you want to call us political call, which you will, if you know, I see something anti-trans, that's an automatic unfollow. And it's disgusting to me to tweet something like that. So I don't see anything like that. And I don't, So in my mind, she's not a heel because she's trans. Like, like not, not like just me personally, but I I just haven't gathered that, but I I didn't know what Bruce meant by that tweet. And that's the only thing I could have gathered that it had something to do with that.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking through his, the replies and he replied to a lot of tweets and I can't figure it out. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Um, all right, well, there's that. And, uh, But you know, I thought that match was good. Were you surprised that Pac beat Page and decisively at that?
2: A little bit because I don't know what his long term commitment is at this point. But we've been pretty vocal too about uh, that Page is kind of falling a little flat. Well, this this didn't this didn't help. No, that I mean, I
1: I almost think is a heel turn in Adam Page's future. Would that be the best thing for him?
2: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, you got the built-in feuds then with the, some of the top performers in the company, his old friends, his old buddies.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. The only thing is that, you know, we had
2: you had all those heels standing tall at the end of the show,
1: and he wasn't one of them. You, you would just kind of wonder what space he would occupy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's, you know, I, I, the betting markets. I had seen some analysis there that seemed to indicate that, you know people who had been actually betting on results on the show last. I thought Adam Page was going to win. So I was a little surprised there. The only negative I could come up with, with AEW and I don't know if you noticed this, every single interview segment ended in a brawl or beatdown. <laughs> there was four of them. Yeah. I didn't notice and, at the time, but yes, you're right. So, you know, our buddy Chris Van Vliet was in the middle of one of those. And, you know, that that was kind of, I thought Jay and Silent Bob were fine Mm-hmm. But then when Jack Evans and Helico came out, it was just sort of like like and Kevin was like, what are you doing, man? What's your problem? And I kind of was like, Yeah, what is the problem? It just was like generic wrestler yelling at celebrity, I
2: felt. <laughs> Um how how awesome was it to see Chris on there? It was. It was crazy. I so was like, cool. Yeah, I did a podcast with that guy. Yeah. Man. Um he's been a he's been a good supporter of our show, so shout out. Really, really good to see him getting that opportunity. Yeah, I, I was very
1: happy for him. Um, but you know, we had the interview at the end of the Cody match where Jericho attacked him. Nyla Rose attack, uh, there was a beat down at the end of that interview and then there was the SCU interview that where the Lucha Bros came out yeah. and interrupted. So I know that we've all sort of been conditioned to think okay interview someone else is coming out this is going to lead to that but you know interviews can be such an important tool in getting over an ind- individual personality if you let that happen. You know, I I was thinking about this in the shower. Sadly enough, today. <laughs> go on. Hell, <laughs> is pro there, there's no disputing that promos have declined in this in this industry over the last twenty years or so. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's not let go back to like fifteen, ten, fifteen years. You're pro, there's just not. You just don't have those great consistent promos. I'm talking like you want to kick old school guys like Arn Anderson, Jake Roberts people like that. Now, I'm not even talking about the the huge stars like Steve Austin and The Rock. I'm talking about guys who can just make something work, who just sound interesting. You know, it just just sounds like guys just reciting things, like just generic words a lot, especially in WWE. And I was thinking, is the fact that we've all been conditioned, and more often than not it happens that these interviews get interrupted, has that adversely affected promos in the sense that a talent comes out and they just know that at some point you know, their adversary's music's going to be played. And that's when the quote unquote real fun begins where they get to have their back and forth. Yeah. It's gotten too routine. And and the talent then is kind of like, they just kind of, instead of doing a good promo, it's just sort of like, Mm. all right, let's get to the part where the other person comes out Mm. and it's sort of like wasted time. I was thinking of that. I think there's something to it. And so It's not a huge negative with AEW, but, you know, you would like to see some people, you know, get over his personalities. The one person who did was MJF. Yeah. You know, he was given his, you know, his spiel on his way down to the ring, and I thought that worked. You know, that was heel 101 right there. and I thought it was very effective. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd like to see that more from some other people. You know, interviews, interviews used to be a highlight of shows many times. You know, they don't always have to be interrupted. So that's something that I think moving forward,
2: AEW, should just keep in mind. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they're going to have more freedom than the WWE performers with their interviews. So hopefully that helps as well. Less scripting. Scorpio Sky did a tremendous Obama impression, by the way. Oh, my God. He did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my wife kind of walked in it when when uh, we were watching that. And she just turned to the TV. and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just like him. That was yeah, really yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, who, who knew? Um, so th- that was kind of my take on it, on
1: AEW. I thought, you know, the closing segment was great. Tony was great. Uh, the women's match was great. Uh, I'm with you. I think Cody and Sammy probably had the best match of the night. Cron uh, was super amped for it. Cody Rhodes gets it, I think, a little bit more than the other guys in the Elite. I'm just going to say that right now. What works? What works in this industry? Long term has always worked. I, I think he gets it mm-hmm. a little bit more than Kenny in the Bucks personally.
2: But to if Kenny's credit, I gotta say that that spot with him and Moxley, that DDT through the glass table, was probably the spot of the night for either show. I would say pretty damn memorable. That sure. I mean, it doesn't happen that often. They're not going to do that every week, but that was a freaking sweet spot. Sure,
1: yeah, I, I would agree with that. It was good, and, and again, you know that that's a program they've got to heat up in front of the television audience because they're working at the pay-per-view. So yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, should we transition to NXT? Some individual things with NXT. Yeah. What do you got? Yep. Okay. Uh, Balor and shop. I'm with you. I think those returns to me felt a little more special than Jake Hager. Um,
2: Balor. That's an interesting one. I could hear Justin joint yelling from across town when this happened, you know, through my windows. Apparently I, I don't, it's, I'd love to know the story
1: of, you know, obviously he was very popular when he was in NXT. Very, very popular. Uh, I'd love to know the story about, you know, kind of why him. Yeah. It makes sense from the perspective that he was really popular down there. And he's a guy, again, in terms of, you know, carving out your spot, On a roster, he was kind of struggling to carve out a spot before leaving to get married, you know, because there are guys who are slightly, you know, in terms of the, in terms of just work in the ring, I think there are guys who are better. And just like in terms of like the undersized baby, you know, you you know, the the ordinary man who does extraordinary things. He was kind of losing that spot to ricochet a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, as the undersized baby face, who's probably never going to get a title, run, a big title run. Yeah. So maybe it was some of that. Maybe there's personal stuff involved, why he would want to go back to NXT. But I think, you know, I'd love to hear the story there, the decision-making process. And will there be
2: others well, we were uh, to, all expecting yeah. the club thing to happen, right? Yeah, that's right. They had kind of teased it. Yeah. You're right. That's a
1: sad idea. You're right. They teased that. And, and yeah, apparently that's not going to happen at all. Yeah, we all, you're right. We were talking um, when we did the SummerSlam preview, right? That's when he lost to uh, Bray Wyatt, mm. about, correct? Yeah. We were all thought, okay, they'll take him off TV. He'll come back and turn heel. Apparently that's not going to happen. <laughs> um.
2: Although we don't know the length of this, I mean, it could be a pretty, a pretty yeah. short run. We'll, we'll see. Who
1: knows. I mean, if, if you believe the rumors, the, these rosters are going to be locked. So it's interesting to see if anyone else kind of joins him on that voyage, um, you know, from Raw spec down, quote unquote, down to NXT. Uh, but, uh, by the way, I would assume Matt Riddle's main roster bound, right?
2: You would, you would think so. Because <laughs> what else
1: uh, do you do with them? I mean, yeah. now, I mean, you, you had him lose that match. He looked real good. You know, if you listen to some of the chatter online, Paul Heyman wants them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: according to some. So that would make a lot of sense. I think the Street Profits also are, are main roster bound for good after losing last night. No title changes. Shayna, I think a lot of people were expecting her to lose. Yes. And she doesn't. How much of her main roster call-up is
2: tied into Ronda
1: Rousey's future? God,
2: I hit. think I think almost entirely. I think they're <laughs> making those decisions hand in hand for sure. You're right, because that's the
1: what you know, um, if Rhonda comes back, you've got that ready you know, I know the 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 WWE version of the horse when we're all feuding now, but you know, I, I gotta think that's in the long term plan. So yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so who knows? Um I think that that, that I'm with you. I think sh- if Rhonda is willing to come back sooner rather than later then that's when you'll see Shannon get moved up, not before. Uh, we have a Pete Dunne-Damian Priest feud on the horizon. Uh, something worth noting is now that you've got more TV time for NXT. Some of these mid-card under, you know, it, you know, maybe that's a disparaging term, but people who aren't involved in title feuds are going to get we're gonna we're gonna see that now. Non-title feuds on NXT. The way they structure the takeovers, ever since they had the North American title, there's really not a lot of room for a non-title feud. There's one match on every show that is not for a title. Yeah. So that's something you know we're gonna see kind of mid-card feuds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Walter and Kushida announced. That should be good. Um, by the way, I guess you know Walt they got Walter to wrestle in the United States. So not on a takeover. So. There you go. There, and here's my negative to you. You brought this up two weeks ago. Is the dark look of the NXT show going to be a problem moving forward, vis-a-vis the look and production of AEW? Yes.
2: This is. I I hinted that at this in our opening segment that I had something later of some improvements that need to be made. That's exactly what I was referring to. It it does look minor league compared to AEW. Just the sound of the arena. You know, like it, it just sounds, uh, you can tell the fans are so much more like enclosed, they're closer to the camera. I mean, you can hear individual fans versus the bigger crowd aspect of the AEW shows. Now, AEW is not going to be in that large of an arena every week as they were this week, but they're still going to be in those mid-size, like seven to ten thousand seat arenas, <laughs> like pretty regular. I I do think if they can if they can legally do it because I don't know what the details are there but I think they, it was a year I think they're locked into I think they re upped for full sale for a year. Well, I know they got to produce shows there, but uh, when, do they have to produce Wednesday night live shows specifically there? Because I mean. They've they've done obviously the takeovers have gone on the road and they've had some of their weekly shows be matches taped at takeovers. So I would think there's they can work around it in some fashion. Maybe not every week, but here and there. But I do think they gotta take it out of there once in a while. Now, the full sale crowd, my opinion of them has been up and down. I thought they added to the show this week and they were really hyped. They made things seem like a big deal. But yeah, it just, it really does look minor league compared to AEW running the bigger stadium or arenas, I should say. So I, that is a negative to me. And uh, I think when I brought that up on the show, we were kind of split on that. I don't remember either yourself or Justin, you weren't really sure they needed to do it. You think they do need to do it now, if they can, to take it on the road? I'll say this, and fans of the territories don't want to hear this, but
1: I remember when I was a kid and... When I first started watching WWF, they had just switched the syndication to superstars and challenge and spotlight. And I remember, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but the look of those shows was vastly different. The championship wrestling, which were all done in Poughkeepsie for them and the look of the major league look of the WWF back then played a significant role why that was the promotion I found. I remember the first time I ever did look at WCW, it was, I wonder if it was still Crockett promotions. A, I don't know. It was like, it was the late eighties. Okay. And I was like, why is it so dark? And for the record, I thought that when I rented the first two WrestleMania tapes, I was like, why is it so dark? Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And this to me as a kid. And now, whatever, I don't really care, but it did look more minor league than the AEW show. AEW, you know, Vince, it, it's, it's funny that we're saying this about WWE, that it's got the minor league look to the competitors, because so much of Vince's success, particularly in the 80s, was predicated on this is, you know, look at how bright everything looks. Look, this is what wrestling on TV needs to look like, and he got everyone to buy that.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think even just with what happened in the ratings, WWE can say whatever they want about, uh, you know, it's long term. It's not a sprint. But I think just the Vince effect could move this on the road sooner rather than later after the ratings results. And you know, if he's looking at them next to each other, that that AEW show, the lighting was fantastic. It just was a better looking broadcast. Yes, I, I I would agree with that. So. Yeah, I, I agree. That was that to me was the biggest negative <laughs> outside of maybe the announcing on NXT.
1: Yeah, well, they, they were OK. I mean,
2: those three, it's
1: just like three people separately announcing that mm-hmm. team does not have any. The the Ronaldo, and all of Beth Phoenix, Nigel McGuinness on uh, well, trio has virtually no chemistry. It
2: come, well, it comes across like Morrow is not even listening to them and just kind of yes. talks over yeah. them and gets his cliche lines in. And yeah, not a fan. again.
1: Again, I, you know, it's funny. We talk about Tony Shavani, who was never a favorite of the sheets, uh, you know, of the, the newsletters. I shouldn't say sheets; that's terrible. I apologize for that. I mean, the newsletters uh, in the '80s and '90s, and you know, his reputation is what it is because of that. You know, I think that's why so many people were su- surprised by him last. Week. People were like, "Oh, Tony Shavani! I thought he s- stunk," and yet, you know. If you if you read you know Meltzer or Wade or anything, you think like Marwin Alls is this great announcer, sad. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. More Alls stinks. I don't know what else to say.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you the 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 rare it's casual fans I've been around watching NXT are quite annoyed by Marwin Alls. So yeah. yeah, I mean polarizing. That's a pleasant way of putting it. I would just say bad. Yeah. God bless the guy. I root for his mental health. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, all I'm going to say overall that easily Wednesday night is the night I'm going to look forward to watching wrestling these days. And uh, I'm really anticipating next Wednesday night. Had a lot of fun this week. Hope you guys listening at home did too. Um, if you have thoughts on uh, what you thought of the first week of the Wednesday Night Wars, hit us up on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. Send us an email. We'll read it on the air, nation at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Kyle, before we get to your deep dive of the week, I just saw some breaking news on Twitter. And you may be interested in this. Randall Orton has laid down a challenge to The Rock for WrestleMania. So we may be seeing some interaction between them on a Friday night SmackDown on Fox. He said, uh, At The Rock, I see you will be at SmackDown on Fox this Friday. How about you and I have a discussion about who's the greatest third generation... I think he means wrestler. He left out wrestler. Third, The greatest third generation of all time. And we answer that question April 5th in Tampa at WrestleMania 36. A viper's sense of smell is unmatched. I smell what you're cooking. Your thoughts, mm-hmm. Kyle Ross. Well, he's not
1: going to tweet that if it's not uh, – if there's not some directive. Yes. I mean, maybe – I don't know. Some people do go to – I just – given the people involved there, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. So, uh, is that what we want to see The Rock do? I don't know.
2: I mean, there had been some smoking about possibly a Roman-Rock match again. Roman was asked about that recently. (laughs) Yeah. So – I don't know. Stay tuned. Uh, By the time you're listening to this, maybe you've already seen some interaction on uh, SmackDown on Fox. Who knows?
1: You you talked about looking forward to Wednesdays. Man, Monday Night Raw is really going to have to be good. There's a lot of pressure on Heyman and his team, you know, because this SmackDown moving to network television is such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And people love wrestling on
2: Wednesdays. All of a sudden, is, is Monday Night Raw kind of the bastard child of the week? It's the D show. It is the D show to me, it's the D show. I mean, I'm looking forward to NXT and AEW first, SmackDown, and then Raw. I mean who would have ever thought the flagship show? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, given the announcement, I think their SmackDown's kind of the flagship now, it seems. I mean, obviously being on well, Fox, to be. so yeah. It has to be with that network. So all right, Kyle. Let's take it home. I think it is time for the Kyle Ross I Love This Sport Deep Dive of the Week. We didn't have a chance to talk about Hulk Hogan
1: and Ric Flair uh, returning to coach uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, by the way, God, it's kind of—it is so telling the kind of reactions they get compared to what the current roster gets. Man, it's—it is eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And then the ratings pattern played—you know—the ratings pattern kind of backed it up. You know who the people see as stars on the show. Uh, Old guy, old timers versus current guys. Anyway, uh, when we were doing our Top Rope Classics uh, episode on the first Nitro, I was going off on Hulk Hogan for several reasons. But Justin asked me, what is the best Hulk Hogan match, in my opinion? And I did not have an answer. Um, I did reference on that show uh, the cage match from March 18th, 1989 against the Big Boss Band, which was essentially a trial run for the Saturday Night's Main Event match you've all seen with the Superplex spot off the top of the cage. I was originally going to say that March 18th, 89 match for the Deep Dive, but I don't think you can find it on YouTube. I went looking for it. I don't want to recommend a match that's hard to find. So with Hogan and Flair being out there today, I wanted to recommend something different that would be maybe in the discussion for best Hogan matches that you wouldn't think about. It's definitely his best WCW match, the Hulkster. Halloween Havoc 94, also in a steel cage. This was, of course, the ill-fated scenario that led to Ric Flair retiring and leaving, uh, you know, on-screen duties for several months and resulted in Hulk Hogan main eventing Starcade against Brutus the Butcher Beefcake. Nevertheless, I think Meltzer gave this four and a quarter stars? Dang. From Halloween Havoc. So Halloween Havoc 94, the main event, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair in a steel cage. Check that one out as I search for my favorite Hulk Hogan match. That's not going to win, but it's something that I thought I would recommend and would be timely given what we saw on Monday night.
2: Yeah, it is four and a quarter. I just looked it up on cage match four and a quarter Hogan flair, 19 minutes and 25 seconds. Wow. All right. Check it out. Revisit that one. Uh, we have a fluid situation here with Kyle trying to choose his favorite Hulk Hogan match, but, uh, We'll get to it eventually. Stay tuned, guys. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, with that being said, uh, I do want to just reiterate the challenge I laid down at the top of the broadcast. If you enjoy our show, recommend us to at least one of your wrestling buddies this week. Send them a text. Uh, mention the show on Reddit, mention the show on the for- wrestling forums, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Get the word out there about Top Rope Nation. We're working hard for you. We want to get this show in front of as many ears as possible. And we are going to rely on you guys, our loyal listeners, to make that happen. So spread the word, please. And uh, kind of on a related note you enjoy our content and you want to support us to another level and you want a free top rope nation t-shirt patreon.com slash top rope nation will get you that t-shirt for five bucks and you'll get access to all of that bonus content like the top rope nation classic show that kyle just mentioned that we did on tuesday night looking at the first ever wc wcw nitro as well as all the classic shows we've done in the past. We've looked at Super Brawl 2. We've looked at Bash at the Beach 96. We've looked at Backlash 02, SummerSlam 97, SummerSlam 91. A whole cast of great classic wrestling content that you can enjoy enjoy with us once again. And uh, the extra shows where we will be producing one this Sunday night. Reviewing WWE Hell in a Cell. Kyle, that will make three podcasts in under a week. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> We're working hard, like I said. Support us, guys. Fund us on Patreon. Get that shirt. We'll get that shirt out to you in the mail and sticker real, real soon. So with that being said, my name's Ryan Drosti. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Drosty. That's D R O S T E. Kyle, where can we find you?
1: Uh, hopefully not at the doctor's office because <laughs> I've
2: held golf coughing. But no, you can find me at TRP Kyle there you go and the show is at top rope nation hopefully we'll have justin joint back with us this week but uh you can send him a message at justin joint j-o-y-n-t on twitter and we will catch you guys on sunday night with top rope nation extra take care peace